Hillary Boynton is the creator of the School of Lunch, a week-long academy held a few times a year that teaches attendees from around the world how to put together incredible, nourishing, ancestral, traditional food programs that they can use in whatever application they need. In running a school lunch program, which is what Hillary does in California, in a business for retreats or wellness spaces, at home, or wherever they wish to implement a meal program. In this episode, I got to sit down with Hillary and ask her to give me a peek into what happens at their academy. Listeners will be fascinated to hear the different topics she chooses to cover in her training, why she chose to cover them in her academy, which ones are controversial, and who is on her rotating list of guest speakers. Hillary's optimism and hope, her strong, positive energy, and her belief in the power of good food to heal our bodies comes through strongly in this episode. I am in awe of the possibilities and power of taking her food program into schools, homes, and businesses around the world. Welcome to the Ancestral Kitchen Podcast with Allison, a European town dweller in central Italy, and Andrea living on a newly created family farm in Northwest Washington State, USA. Pull up a chair at the table and join us as we talk about eating, cooking, and living with ancient ancestral food wisdom in a modern world kitchen. Hello, Hillary. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good to talk to you again. So for everybody listening, I am here with Hillary Boynton, who is the author of the Amazing Gaps cookbook that I think if you go back and listen to, it was like a third episode where we said five of our favorite books and your cookbook is definitely mm. one of my top books. I love that book. Awesome. And the way I Thank found you... you yeah. I don't know if I told you that the way I found you was I heard your interview on the Wise Traditions podcast with Hilda, and then oh, I scoured the internet really? for you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that was a while ago, huh? It was. And the and way now, you... Now you're all in. <laughs> I'm all in. The way that you talked about preparing ancestral food in the school just completely blew me away. Like I had never heard anybody with a vision like that for the school, for that many kids. And then your whole concept of, you know, even if it's only one nutrient dense meal a week, it's one nutrient dense meal or a day. It's, you know, one nutrient dense meal a day. And the way the kids were adapting to and eating what we would say were strange things. uh, I just absolutely love that. So yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to witness every day. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we've had you on here before. So people listening probably already know you also because of all your other amazing work you do. And this episode, I just want to grill you about the school of lunch because that is completely, I'm going to adjust my microphone, but that is just a completely um, mind-blowing operation that you have there. So why don't you just give a picture first what School of Lunch is for people listening that just have no idea what we're talking about? 
Okay. Well, like you said, I, um, I run a school lunch program at um, a small private school in the mountains of mountains and canyons, I guess, of Topanga, California, um, which is in between Santa Monica and, and Malibu in the Los Angeles area. And we feed about um, 150 kids every day and about 25 staff. And we're in our sixth year of running the operations there. Um, so I've really wow. been witness to and deeply involved with feeding kids, not just my own kids. I have five kids of my own that are all teenagers now. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been through that and still in it and then feeding K through 12 now um, for many years. So we started School of Lunch as um, kind of a, it's a three-tiered operation where we run the operations at the Manzanita School. We consult with schools and businesses and individuals across the country. And then we run a training academy, which is a full um, immersion into, you know, nature, into the, into Topanga Canyon, where we go through a five night intensive where you're learning all these um, traditional methods of cooking and the ancestral wisdom and the way we feed kids at school and, um, and basically getting back to the way things used to be, right? That, Weston Price um, philosophy. Everything we do is based on really those those principles and um, maximizing as much nutrition as possible and getting people back to feeling good and knowing what it feels like to feel good and just reconnecting with really with nature and with yourself and your community and your um, your farmers, your local food systems, and really diving in. And it's transformative. Like people come in and and uh, leave a changed person. And just like you and me, I think once you discover this way and it's like demystified a little bit of living and eating and nourishing yourself on, in more ways than just food, like I said, with community and um, and your local food system, it just, you never want to go back, right? You're just yeah. like, I'm all in. Like sure. just want to be like the biggest sponge I could be and take it mm-hmm. all in and learn more and, and live this way. Because, you know, when you have your health, you have everything. Yeah. And when you don't have your health, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You really have nothing. So, so yeah. So that's what we do at School of Lunch. So this training is really, I, I really want to train as many people as I can. You don't have to aspire to be a lunch lady in your kid's school. You can just want to learn to feed yourself or feed your family yeah. or dive into your local school system or a business or a YMCA wellness program. Whatever you want to do with the information, I want to give it to you and let you just like turn you loose on your community and just go for it. <laughs> turn you loose on so, your community. Turn you loose on your community. Like get well, after Cause those are the people that are <laughs> going to be passionate about it. Like yeah. I can't dive into every community and sure. you know, it's not my, it's not my, my sweet spot. Like with the, where, wherever you live is where you're most passionate about um, making a difference. Right. Absolutely. And like you're sending out your disciples exactly little their school of like soul ambassadors yeah, yeah. and then there's many millions of ambassadors across the globe exactly yeah. and, and it's really um we have some amazing ambassadors everybody who graduates from our training academy really um wants to come back so I have this dream yeah. of having a soul a soul fest every year where it's just like we can get together for a weekend and just can you, you imagine know, that uh like a food each festival other but for people like us a food festival, but where everything's not fried in rancid canola oil. Oh, I know. <laughs> you don't have to worry about navigating and, like, you know, saying no to your kids. You can just be like, go have fun and, like, eat whatever you want, you know. 
<laughs> That's what we try to create at the school. It's like I want the kids to show up in the line and just not have to worry. Like we've done our due diligence. We've sourced, you know, from our farmers. We look them in the eye. We ask mm-hmm. all the right questions. And we want you to just be able to choose what looks good and learn about it and then sit down and just you know, with a calm nervous system out in nature and enjoy a meal with your friends and your mentors. Are the kids aware of that purchasing process that it's different than just having us foods deliver something? Yeah, I think they, I mean, we, it's a, it's a daily education. You know, I'm always talking to the kids and they're always asking questions. And before, um, COVID we had a lot of farmers come in and, um, we have, we do parents, it's coming back now, but we do parents at lunch once a month where we bring people in from the local food system. So, um, we just had Redmond Real Salt last week, which was amazing. I saw that. So yeah, yeah it was so cool awesome. because it's just like one change. You can just like change out your salt, you know, and it's so huge for your health yeah. and, and making a big difference in the right here in the USA. So, um, but you know, we've brought in our local farmers as well and connecting the kids and kind of creating that full circle, um, experience where they're not only eating the food, but they're engaging with the farmer who grew the, you know, crops or raised the animals. And then they're experiencing the chefs who prepared it. And then they're all, you know, mm-hmm. sitting down and eating together. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty you know, cool. Redmond it's... has an agricultural line where they sell big, oh. like we get big bags of like, different types of mineral salts for the livestock. Yeah, and, they were telling me that. Uh-huh. And so cool. yeah, they're they're fantastic. And I love the way they advertise is they say because you'll put out what's called a mineral buffet where you have basically a tray with a bunch of different bins and yeah. livestock. They know what they're deficient in, so they'll go in and select the one that has whatever they need, selenium or copper or whatever. Awesome. And so they say, Oh, well, if you want to see if our salt is good, just put it out. And see which one your animals take. Put it out next to all those other salts and your animals will take this one. They're so sure of the quality and of their product. They will. They will, right? If you put animals, put anything in front of an animal, like if it's bad, yeah. they're not going to eat it. They mm-hmm. know right away, right? A desperate. Well, here's here's what's interesting about. Nothing. Yeah. Can you go take it over to the couch? What's interesting when I'm observing animals and then I think about humans too, is a desperate and hungry. There's this thing they say that they say you know you have to keep these certain weeds or things thinned out of your animal's pasture but if your animal has a lot of lush forage they won't even touch them but a desperate animal will eat them oh and so then i think about humans and how you're like well i crave these things so i don't have good instinct it's like well you're desperate you're a desperate human and you'll eat anything to try and get what you need yeah, but you're over overfed and undernourished mm-hmm. right like our bodies are craving the nutrition but we're yeah. just not giving it to and us so do in, you see that with the kids like the more that you give them the things that serve them that they choose yeah things? actually the head of school used to not like um ferments he used to mm-hmm. be like are these rotten i'm like it's fermented you know like, yeah. yeah and uh, yes, and then now we fermented yeah basically we love that yeah <laughs> what we were going for <laughs> now he's like i actually crave them every day and oh, i'm like so that fantastic. is because your you know good guys in your gut are saying yes give yeah. me more right so yeah. it's really fun to see that and there's kids that you know five-year-olds that love ferments and you just get them like mm-hmm. trying even pickle juice shots or beet kvass or yep. yeah. um you know whatever and they and what we do is we 
we make sure they're satiated, you know, so we have like a real, we think about everything that goes into those meals. So it's really well balanced and we focus on savory over sweet. We don't do any dessert. We figure they can get that like everywhere else that they go in life. And so we really work on um, hitting that satiety point. So they just like, you know, they're fully satisfied and off they go Mm -hmm. with a, you know boatload of energy for their second half of their their day and we feed them snack too which is usually like really beautiful salami and raw cheese and sprouted nuts and what it's not lunchables lunchables isn't a good i am like (laughs) beside myself that that was going into the public school system i was literally like oh yeah crimes against humanity i was just like what are you doing literally but a desperate cow will eat poison like she'll eat poison yeah so some of these kids it's their only meal that they have a choice they don't have a choice they don't have a choice so sad do you um do uh, so when you post pictures of those plates Mm. i love it when you post those pictures because i'm just like yeah i I would literally buy a book of glossy photos of just i don't need even the recipes i'm gonna make a book i I would buy that for the school well i was gonna make it for the school just to show but i should make one and just okay i wish i could show show all the faces because there's the kids are so cute i mean even the high schoolers they're just adorable to me and they're happy and healthy and vibrant and you know just like so proud of their plates i mean some kids are like they're so used to me now taking photos that they're like you, do you want to take a picture of my plate Miss <laughs> can i eat it yeah <laughs> i'm like whoa, 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 wait a minute hold up let me just get a photo of that it's like i feel like i'm gonna miss out if i miss a day of photographs on it sometimes i'm just like hillary it's just like every day but they're all so beautiful that i'm like they capture their cute little smiles yeah. Beautiful plates. And but I just want to show, I have a dream of like my hub, my training academy yeah. hub someday, which I told you about last time, but with all these pictures on the wall of just like yeah. beautiful plates with smiling kids and happy oh teachers goodness. and healthy chefs and, you know. Yeah. People feeling good so, at the end yeah. of the day. Um, yeah. So let's, okay, let's talk then about the training because that just fascinates me. I think to to my mind, this is the sort of, um, theme park that I want to go to. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't have time for all those overpriced like costumes or whatever. I just want, this is the stuff that fascinates me and the conversations that fascinate me and the people that fascinate me. So Mm. you sent me and Allison, your program of events and we looked at it together and we were just like, we want to go to this. Like this looks amazing. So let's talk about what's on the menu. Literally, for okay. your training and it you so you said this training is open to anyone everyone can go to this yeah. right it isn't just yeah. like I'm gonna run a school I think people who cook for their family would all benefit from this yeah, and absolutely yeah I mean, and something that we run into all the time that I'm sure you run into also is so many the all the techniques that you use for this food are such simple things I mean people were doing this without reading or writing for thousands of years and today I feel like a lot of this knowledge has been kept away in factories or whatever has been removed from us and so it can be daunting to try to yeah, think oh, I have absolutely. to take on all these new skills um, yeah. and there's video courses are good and books are good and Allison and I have the podcast and training and stuff of course and then it's also really fun to get to sit down like literally with you and Aaron and everybody else who's doing this yeah and learn with a human (laughs) so let's talk about it 
Yeah. That, that human connection is so important. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, my therapist was just at a party that we had with Redmond the other day, and he was like, oh, yeah? I haven't seen you in three years. And I was just like, what? Like, because we meet on Zoom. And I was like, what? It didn't Whoa. even dawn on me. And I'm just like, that's messed up, right? Like that, like we just got stripped of like, everything's easier now, just Zoom, even though we're yeah. Zooming right now, which we're thankful for. But like, right. you know, right. it's like there's mm-hmm. something real. I like dove in and gave him a huge hug. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. And it's yeah. so important that we maintain that, you know, human connection and to really like be in the presence of other people's energy you know, face-to-face is so powerful. And we have, like, like you said, it's not just school chefs um, and people that desire to be school chefs, although we do have many of those. We also have, like, grandparents who come. We have moms and dads. We have now, like, a bunch of 20-somethings, like 18 to 25 that are, like, figuring out that they don't want to go to, like, standard registered dietitian school or they, you know, there's a better way or they're sick and they want to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. And, so, um, so it's a total hodgepodge. And when you then feed off of each other's energies and you're looking out for one another mm-hmm. and, you know, like there was a grandmother there who just like adopted everyone as like her grandkid, you know, she was At just like, training? you guys, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> was so, so awesome. And everyone just adored her and she adored everybody. And then people stay in touch and support wow. one another. So it's really like, it's really special. Like it's hard to put into words because I really believe like, like my mission has been to train as many soul chefs as possible to sweep across the nation. Now I say globe um, and disrupt the trend of chronic illness in this next generation of kids. And now I've changed it to joyfully disrupt the trend because we have to have fun along the way. Right. And so, you know, you probably see me on Instagram singing and dancing in the kitchen. And like, like yesterday I had a really hard day the day before and I walked into school and I was just like tired and and kind of just like, ugh. And right away, my staff just lifts my spirits. And wow. I'm like pulled out of a funk and just like, oh, my God, these guys rock, you know? So yeah. it's about that collaboration and connection and um, and the joy that comes around food and farming and healing and that support system. Um, so you kind of diffuse the overwhelm. And for everybody, it's just like hold space. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to get it. And you're going to be so, so much better off for that. And you're going to be so excited, you know? Yeah. So. Are you looking for a powerful source of nutrients to enhance your overall health and well-being? Look no further than beef organ capsules from One Earth Health, where the cattle graze on lush New Zealand pastures. The beef organs are sourced from 100% pasture-raised cattle, ensuring that you receive the highest quality and most nutrient-dense organ meat available. Beef organs are some of the most nutrient-dense foods on earth with high levels of vitamins A, K, and the B complex. Customers report more energy, improved skin health, and a strengthened immune system thanks to the powerful nutrients found in these organs. For a limited time, One Earth Health is offering our Ancestral Kitchen podcast listeners a 5% discount on all orders and free shipping. We checked and we saw even before any discounts, they were more affordable than other New Zealand-based organ supplements with all the pristine nutritive value we wanted in place. Take advantage of their amazing price and the extra discount and the free shipping. 
Order now and enjoy the incredible health benefits of One Earth Health's beef organs, made with care and quality in New Zealand. Visit oneearthhealth.com slash ancestral kitchen, and I'll put the link in the show notes. So you, yeah. you actually touched on something that Allison and I discussed quite a lot, which is that community which is almost like an overused word now, but it's ironic because so many people don't actually have community. You know, they've got a Facebook group of people with niche interests and they think that's a community, but, but um, community is um, it's like you said that grandma who was adopting people at school, you know, it's people of different ages, not just your like niche market specific hyper same person you know it's yeah it's father figure mother figure grandmother grandfather child you know all these different aspects of life all around you all the different ages and things and yeah uh, different points of view yeah <laughs> disagreeing, like healthy disagreeing points of view um and we I feel like people are really starved for that too. And and when mm. people sometimes hear about ancestral food, they say, you know, I don't have time or whatever. And I think as daunting and scary as it is to say this, that a part of the good food is also changing some of the way our life is structured to match mm-hmm. that good food yeah. that is slower and to spend time talking to the person you get your pig from and instead of just getting yeah. it at the grocery store in a plastic styrofoam package without ever talking to anyone, like it's, it's different, but it's supposed to be different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our values are really what we're handing down to people yeah. is like, you know, when you can prioritize these things, you'll never regret it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you prioritize your family and your health and your community and the local food system, those are really important. And, and children's health, certainly like all of us, you know, even the 20 year olds are going to have younger people in their lives and they're sure. going to be giving yeah. birth or whatever. And so um, to kind of look at that as and like, you know, as I have teenagers and I'm getting older, I have a different perspective. Right. And so that only comes with time, that yeah. perspective. Right. So it is so powerful Absolutely. when you can um, have the elders and then you have yeah. the the younger generations yeah. that are bringing in lots of questions and excitement and but like I guess the underlining thing is that everyone's really I think looking for answers and there's so much information and there's so much misinformation and there's so much confusion and there's so much illness that everyone's at a different point a different stage and everyone's microbiomes and are a different state of health and Mm -hmm. so there's no one right way but when you can get your values and these basic principles in order then you're surely going to be headed in a good direction, right? Everyone's going to have to find their way to some degree, but when you can start with this foundation to build upon, when you get the foundation right, then the house will be strong, right? So it's like we're building that, helping them set up their foundation for for health at whatever stage they're at. So speaking of your foundation, on your school of lunch schedule you literally start out day one <laughs> like you do not let the grass grow under your feet <laughs> you it's you get people happened. checked in and within a matter of hours they're working it looks like they're working in the kitchen so you've got sourdough starter yeah. and is this because you want to have grains ready for the next day's 
yeah project. <laughs> basically you know yeah, what the, no, with perfect. this way of cooking everything has to have a system and when you and everything mm-hmm. takes a little more time but everything I feel like takes five minutes here and I know five minutes there it's, you know it's oh, like it's, it's not true. like you have to spend four hours like making sourdough it's just like mm-hmm. like we talk about doing a sourdough video and I'm like you know well shoot they're gonna have to like you have to be there the whole, or like doing a little class at school and like yeah. they have to be there the whole day. Cause it's like, it's like five minutes and then to fold the bread or make the Two whatever hours later. <laughs> and then you're like, gotta wait a half hour and then you gotta come back a half hour. And then so, yeah. um, but it's like, once you get it and it does take practice and it is, you know, we talked about this last time, I think like stepping into the work, like you have to decide, I said with my cookbook, the hardest part about doing the Heal Your Gut cookbook is deciding to do it. Right. Because you have to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for this. Like I'm Mm going to decide to, and then, you know, we talked about this earlier too, like the, the baby steps, you cannot do it all at once. You have to just sort of take in what you can and then decide to, you know, find your local egg farmer and then you're going to find a better source for your bacon or, you know, switch out your fats and all those little steps. And, and once, and I'm a visual learner, so I like to see things in front of me and, Mm -hmm. um, and be able to kind of witness like it in action. Yeah. So, so what, so you start out with sourdough. Oh, so we start out, yes. You, so you're teaching them how to make a starter or just how to take care of a starter. And then you well, we start with just like feeding the okay. starter the okay. night before. And then the next day we go into, um, and then we soak our beans. So everything it kind of is one day rolling into the next. Sure. Cause we kind of jam a lot in. Yeah, you do. So, um, <laughs> by the end they're kind of like, Woo, that was so lot. Um, it's sort of like leaving a Western prize conference. You're just like, Oh my God, my brain can't hold any more information, but that was the most incredible time. You know, like I met so yeah. many cool people and then you have to like go off back, back home and be like, is anybody out there? Like, does anyone know what I just went through? So, so, um, so you're just like, uh, you know, so we, we, so we, um, feed the starter and then the next day we make the dough and okay. we soak the beans and the next day we're cooking the beans and okay. then, um, yeah, I see going that you've got making dough, making dough, soaking, sprouting stage two. So is that like maybe draining the water so out? Like sprouting stage two? Yeah. Like what okay. you're going to do. Yeah. So sprouting that, I mean, soaking them and then straining them and then. Are they? On. We can do some sprouts and then some we cook. Yeah, and and the the exercises that they're doing, you know, like for instance, organs, pate and beef heart, is that then the meal? Is that what are they prepare? Yeah, so food? everything gets eaten. Yeah, so they're nice. we're, we're like kind of <laughs> turning really like it all part. into like what the meal, and they get to participate in like helping okay. to prepare the meals and. Um, this year we're going to have a rotation through the kitchen where our chefs are, um, cooking, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll have the, you know, people rotating through every meal. Wow. So we haven't done that in the past, but I think, I mean, people are always welcome to jump in. So those who want to, but I think we're going to have like a more, you know, couple people Mm. totally immersed in there for that meal, which will be super fun. And you've got nutrient dense foods called snacks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So that's really like the snacks that we do for the kids at school. So um, we make our own beautiful uh, popcorn that's sprouted and organic. And we do like a trio of fats with Juca's red palm oil, which is my friend who's here in L.A., but she's from Gambia. And her red palm oil is like just her family um, in Gambia that's making the most beautiful sustainably harvested red palm oil so it makes it look like movie theater popcorn and then we do um pure indian foods ghee 
and a coconut organic coconut oil and then our redmond real salt and then sometimes we make like you know Perfect. a seasoning blend to put on top which is delicious so things like that the raw kefir smoothies um oh my gosh we just have like a whole array of like is that so I, I should make it clear for people listening that um, day one, you've got the welcome gathering at dinner and then sourdough starter sprouting. And then on day two, you've got making dough and then these nutrient dense foods called snacks in the morning. And so do you just kind of have like a handful of things that you go over that day? for people yeah so that day in the beginning of that day we're going through that's a really busy day the first day but we're going through snacks i'm showing pictures of the snacks that i've created and basically how i start how i started as the lunch lady at my kids school was as the snack coordinator yeah yeah, so i basically was like okay i have an opportunity here and i like went to town and i went to like all the Mm -hmm. farmers markets and i would collect like whatever was available a bumper crop of tomatoes turned into like a tomato soup, you know, I'd be like, my son's name is Campbell. So I'd be like, Campbell's tomato soup and um, <laughs> healthy tomato soup. And, oh. Or I'd make zoodles and the kids are like holding them up and they're of like, course. you know, as they're like six feet long, you know, like crazy things. <laughs> Anything to engage them with the local food system and making it like beautiful and colorful. And um, it became like a community event every day at snack. And the snack, um, basically started to outshine the lunch program, which had been outsourced. And so by Christmas time, the head of school was like, you know, if I give you the keys to the kitchen, are you ready? And I was like, okay, here we go. No, but I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like shaking in my boots, but it was like, I have to say yes, 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 yes. Sure. So so the snacks, uh, you know, we do like beet kvass shots and we do pickle juice shots. We'll make, like sometimes I say to the kids, like, um, you know, here's like, a great hors d'oeuvre when you get older and you go to a party and you're mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, this is the easiest thing to throw together and everyone will love it. And it's just like a watermelon radish or even just a plain radish sliced on a mandolin or thinly with a dollop of butter and a sprig of parsley and a yeah. pinch of salt. And that's yeah. it. And it's like the most beautiful thing. And I walk around with a little platter and, you know, you know, offer the children, like whether they're like up at the snack table or around kind of the yeah. campus, I just walk around and serve hors d'oeuvres. Um, oh, that's but so not, you know, all, I'm not doing that every day, but like, you know, yeah. stuff like that, like how to engage kids in food. Snack is a really great entry point and like not just grabbing those quick pyra booty or whatever it is that you know power bar or something to feed your kids like it's a it's a every opportunity you have to get you know a hard-boiled egg or whatever I mean like sometimes I look at our snacks we have bone broth out at snack we have miso soup we have a lavender like if I, I last week or the week before I got a huge clump of lavender you know whatever bouquet of lavender from my farmer and it was the end of market she's like here just take all of this and we made beautiful lavender tea and then you put the lavender out and the kids can see it so um that section of the training academy is really about just engaging with kids and we show uh, a video too about you know what it looks like at the school yeah which is inspiring so a video of the kids getting their snacks and things. The way you yeah, and just like things that we've done. And like I used to make all these little signs that would just say mm-hmm. where what farm they're from. And, oh, cool. Um, and just asking questions and, you know. Do you feel like, I, I mean, I know with my kids, and I know you've seen with your kids as you've described, that when they're more involved with food, they're more likely to eat it. And I think yeah. that's um accepted wisdom I don't think there's many people that would argue with that and do you think that that's related to 
a lot of adults. Adults are separated from their food too. We certainly think kids mm-hmm. are, but an adult that opens a cardboard box and takes out a foil package and peels off the plastic, like they're also separated from food. Totally. You know what I mean? Microwaving yeah. not lasagna or whatever isn't the same as trekking out to the farm and getting tomatoes and then yeah. piling it together. So do you feel like that's associated to why there's all this um, dysfunction around food? Like re- pretty major, yeah. I feel like in our society. Yeah, absolutely. I think people are so disconnected, you know? I mean, even we've heard this a lot, right? Like you just there's just a package of chicken breast, you know, with a beautiful picture of a farm on the front and there's a fake no farm. Conce- <laughs> yeah, fake farm. And there's no concept of that life of that chicken. I mean, I've bought chicken at the grocery store before, but um, you know, really actually we had a couple of vegetarian vegan um people who came last year to the training academy and they were completely transformed and left eating organ meats and meat. Yeah. But that interaction with the farmer at the farmer's market was transformative. One of them um, said, you know, just that knowing that integrity that goes into raising an animal set her like nervous system at ease about having, you know, to take a life for her own nourishment. Um, so it's, it's really, really powerful. Like I can't stress enough the importance of connecting with, with your, your farmers and knowing where your food comes from. And then also the preparation, like it's really, um, important to me to have family dinner every night, or at least as like often as we can. We're not always all here, but I really try. I mean, sometimes we're eating at like eight because it's like so important I'm waiting for my last kid to get home you know and I went to ideally it would be like six o'clock but sometimes we wait so that we can all sit down together and then of course you know it's like it's never like this fairy tale you know what? sit down <laughs> dinner with a great conversation it's like oh I'm waiting I'm still waiting for that to happen <laughs> one day you know what I but, think that happens when they when I know with um uh, growing up with eight kids and everything. Oh yeah, that's where you, like, all the kids came. From. Yeah, that's where all the kids came from. Um, dinner time is uh, there's a lot of training that happens in such a good way. But then when you go back and you eat with your adult children, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Get like, lots, oh, lots of the... <laughs> like, mm, cash in on all that. Did remember the things that I <laughs> tried to drill into them every day of their childhood? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's it's. Yeah, it's, I forget where we started, but that, um, oh, being disconnected from your food. Like, just yesterday, like, um, you know, there's just so much, I can't can't say it enough, too, that, you know, my French elder said to me, Hillary, don't forget, simplicity is gourmet. Mm -hmm. And when I make food, like, I think that's part of um, what's appealing about the way that we teach and the way that we cook at school is that I've never been to culinary school. I've never worked a day in my life in a commercial kitchen. And so I just am like a mom who's cooked for my family of seven and nothing is super complicated. Like I'm not, I don't think I was born to be this like amazing chef or anything. It's just like, keep (laughs) it real, keep it simple, put in the nutrient density and leave it at that, you know? But like, I do love, um, I used to paint furniture before I had my kids and I think the kitchen then became my creative outlet. Like it's, there's mm-hmm. so much beauty and there's, so if you're a creative person, it's like an amazing way to like, you know, style food or take photo, photographs of it and stuff. But yeah, that, that connection to, to it all and to the, the, um, 
the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the time that that goes in the preparation, the connection to where it comes from, and then taking time to prepare. Obviously, some days are easier than others, but when you prepare by shopping correctly, then you always have something, right? Like, I feel like I can always throw together something, whether it's like bacon and eggs and a piece of sourdough for dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's better than going out and getting junk. And they're not, you know, it's just like my husband used to say, like, well, it's going to be another meal in like, you know, six hours. So (laughs) if this one isn't perfect, we have another opportunity, like right around the corner. That's a good way to think about it. That simplicity is such a good good little nugget for people to take. It's not even oh, it's little. Like the it's like the best. Huge... I have to have that on my hub yeah. because Rose was 94 and she just like mm. rocked it. I met her at the butcher shop. Wow. Basically accosted her and was like, what's she's your deal? Because you're cool. Yeah. yeah. She's like not even five feet tall or was and Ugh. just like buying bones or bone broth or something. And I think she's buying bones. I'm like, what are you making? Yeah. She's making her own bone broth. Mm. Of course she yeah. was, that's why she's 95 years old. Of course she was, <laughs> yes. Um, Would you like more support to help you eat, cook and live ancestrally? If so, come and check out our community at patreon.com forward slash ancestral kitchen podcast. We've got so many goodies over there that will help guide, inspire and support you in this journey we're taking together. There's our exclusive podcast where Andrea and I talk more intimately about what's happening in our kitchens and lives. There are so many after-show bonuses, downloads, extra audios and resources. We have a forum where you can ask and answer questions. And we even host a monthly chat where we get together and talk all the ancestral kitchen things. We love cooking and eating this way. And this community and library of resources is what we would have wanted when we started out. Check out www.patreon.com forward slash Ancestral Kitchen Podcast to get started. The I think this is where some people get hung up on the idea of eating this way is that there's, and of course this is, you know, rightfully so, there should be people out there who are making really fun, complex meals out of stuff. But um, they see that on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, and I think it's a little bit overwhelming. And people ask Allison and myself this all the time, oh, how do you do this every day? And I'm sure you get asked that too. And our answer is always, we're not eating what you think we're eating. Like we're not, this is, we're not eating fancy. <laughs> it's like leftovers. It's yeah. very simple, but but then it's very delicious as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. You oh have. And like, actually, well. Sorry, I was just going to say one of my chefs at school says she calls it based on fridge. And so like, and even at school, like everything is like, we're no waste. So we use everything. We're always keeping an eye on like what, you know, what's available. And it's cool at home to be able to just um, look at what's in the fridge, what needs to be used up, pull it all out. Everybody can even have something different that night. If you just need to use stuff up, it's like based on fridge, just go for it. Yeah, free I am. I am always and forever stunned. I mean, not even a little bit stunned, but like very stunned when I go to people's houses and they have grocery store food and I just see the vast amounts that they throw into the trash. It just shocks yeah. me because I'm thinking, I mean, if I made that, 
I, there's no, I, there's no way you'd be, but I would be like, nope, you save all those crusts. That's bread pudding. Like I couldn't yeah. see it go right? into the trash, even though now I have pigs and chickens. And so we do have scrap and waste food that goes to them, especially like when I cleaned out the fridge yesterday and had about 30 jars of mysteries <laughs> in there, but that went to the birds, but the food museum, that's what you get. Like that's what we used museum. to call my grandmother's refrigerator. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh, that probably shouldn't be eaten. And she'd be like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Just scrape jam. the mold off the top. Yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, our daily waste is minimal. And um, yeah. it's just because you're touching the actual energetic expense of that food. Yeah, and you're mindful because you, you've been a part of it all, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. the effort that goes into it all is, you know, worth every, mm-hmm. you know, penny and every hour spent, but you don't want to waste any mm-hmm. of it. Mm-mm. So you have raw dairy on here before mm-hmm. and after lunch. So um, I don't, I don't, we won't be able to go over every single thing on here, but I do want to ask why, like, tell me about the raw dairy section in the coconut mm, beer. Yeah. So we have, um, well, raw dairy is like what changed my life when mm-hmm. I discovered it. My child with eczema was healed like wow. really fast. Wow. Yeah. He was like two months old and covered in eczema. So wow. raw dairy was my impetus to change and like the aha moment of like, what? I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go through, um, you know, all aspects of raw dairy. We make kefir, show how easy it is to make kefir. Everybody walks away with kefir grains and, oh, um, we make kefir cheese, which on the first night we have kefir cheese and a huge like welcome party yeah. charcuterie yeah. board. And kefir cheese is just like people are like, "What is this?" It's like an literally kefir in my like top two dairy products of all, so of all time. I don't right. think you can beat it. <laughs> it's so good and it's so easy. So and so then we easy. go through like you know whey, and you can use your whey to ferment vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else do we do with raw dairy? We make a raw kefir smoothie. We have, um, not on this day, but on the last day we have people come in who are experts and talk about, you know, their various areas. So Mark McAfee from, um, raw farms, organic pastures, he comes and spends, does a whole PowerPoint or his son has come too, which is like so helpful because they are, you know, experts on this so they can answer any questions. And actually like when we were serving raw dairy at, um, the school in the very beginning, the head of school like Googled raw milk and was like, uh, I don't uh, think we can be serving this here, <laughs> Hillary. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Of course we can. And then I had um, invited Mark to come down and we had a big gathering at our house, much like we did with Redmond. And he spent like 10 minutes with Mark McAfee and he's like, I'm cool. All good. Yeah. They so just gave it's me like, chills because right, it, is, it is literally just this, it's an education gap. That's all it is. Yeah. And the marketing and is so the strong against it. Yeah. But the actual um, facts are so short, clean, and simple. Like, yeah. it, it literally can take a few sentences and somebody understands. Yeah. yeah. And raw dairy, I would say, when I taught cooking classes in Massachusetts to moms, that was, like, the number one well, in Massachusetts, it's not legal in this to sell in right. the stores. You can get it off the farm. Right. And I ran an Amish co-op, so people had access to it. But um, it was the number one barrier for people. Like they, they really? that was like the hardest thing for them to jump into. Because you know, like I was saying, you Google it, and it's just like the scare the bejesus out of you. And it's like, yeah, you have to know your farmer. You want to have a good source, sure. like just like anything. Just you know, like you anything. can get bad spinach that makes you sick. So you You're know, far more like, likely. To do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're more likely, yeah, to be harmed from spinach. 
in many ways. So, um, so yeah, so it's about like really demystifying that and then the benefits of raw milk are so yeah. huge. Um, um, so making in, yogurt insane. and yeah. Yeah. We did an episode on raw milk on the podcast because we were asked about it so many times. So um, you'd probably love that one because oh, yeah. I think it's such a good one. I've had so many people tell me I'm sending this to my such and so, you know, father-in-law yeah. who's horrified that I'm feeding my children raw milk. So I'm going to send him this. Yeah. I think it's I a can really tell good one for people. people. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, my kids are, my eczema baby is 16. So we've been drinking raw milk for 16 yeah. years and- you know, he has no asthma, no eczema, yeah. no allergies, and no one's dropped dead. And I think and we go been... through like, you know, some days there were, some weeks were 10 gallons a week. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I was yeah. like, guys, <laughs> slow, slow your roll. <laughs> or don't, because that stuff's good. <laughs> I know, but it's like, ah. Because their brain, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you right now, it's not cheaper to have your own cow, so. <laughs> oh. It's probably well, cheaper to keep fun. Yeah. <laughs> Way more fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's my been, dream. One day. We've been doing raw milk, I think, for about 12 years. So, um, yeah. And it it's is actually. awesome. It's so good. It oh is. My God, it's so I, good. I don't think you and can And it doesn't go, go bad. It. Like, it just sours, you know? Yeah. You can't go back. I mean, I grew up on skim milk because I was a yeah, whole fat-free thing. But okay. I can't even believe. I couldn't. I could not imagine drinking skim milk now. Raw milk, we just made raw milk ice cream. Like, we've gotten back into that. It's so oh. delicious. Okay, did you see so good. that um, I put we my recipe for my recipe for my lacto-fermented ice cream in our little cookbook we just finished? Ooh. It was so good. Did you just, no, I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. I've done it before where yeah, I add kefir. What would you do? Um, it's, okay, you basically, yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's, it's so okay. good and it's so easy because it's basically kefir. Or yogurt, yeah, but not, yeah. not quite the same. It's um, so good. You could eat it for breakfast. I feel I, good about that's, that. That's actually people are telling me I'm put this on my waffles in the morning. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> that sounds so good. Um, grains and partner bakers, grains, gluten, glyphosate. You have a whole bunch about grain right here. So grains. grain, gluten free. Um, so I'm guessing this is a hot topic because you dedicated yeah. a half a day to this yeah, grains. Well, Going so. through, um, you know, sourdough is a big. I mean, so we swore off grains for two years when we did the GAPS diet. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, grains are the devil. I'm never going to have a grain again in my life. Right, we belly. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, as we, you know, with five kids, it's just like, ugh. So as we <laughs> went off, I was just like, you know what? If we're ever going to have grains again, I'm going to learn how to make my own sourdough. So yeah. there was a woman in the canyon who's an amazing baker. Actually, she makes the gluten-free bread for... Um, for the training academy she's just like a magician she's the angel in your kitchen she's called patty she's so awesome oh. so i have her um 50 year old mother called lady hawk that <laughs> um actually i just sent to somebody i sent part of her to uh to virginia and she sent me a picture Yay. with like lady hawk written on the side I know, it's so, cool. so um so yeah demystifying grains and going through you know all grains are definitely not created equal and um we for the school, we get locally grown grains that are sourced, you know, right here in California yeah. from the best farms and then freshly milled in Pasadena at a company called Grist and Toll. Mm -hmm. And Nan Kohler, who uh, founded Grist and Toll, she comes and does um, a whole PowerPoint yeah. on I saw her on, on the grains. evening schedule. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's amazing. So um, and is she, going through, yeah. Well, so is she there talking about the 
the growing of grains or she all of it about the, okay. yeah wow. the growing and the milling and what you're mm. getting you know when you have freshly milled grains and mm. um and oh, then man. the glyphosate obviously is a big issue and people kind of navigating that and um, I mean I I have done before what I've done um like feeding my starter from just like a flower on the grocery store shelves even like a really pretty good flour I feel like and then feeding it with freshly milled flour and yeah. it's like the life force like the <laughs> amount of growth from the freshly yeah. milled flour is just like you know it's, it's like so yeah. much happier so um again just being demystifying that and then giving people the tools like it's not like I know you guys have done the milling of your own grains and it's fun especially if you have kids and um so you know talking about that and then soaking Obviously, if you're doing like um, like a wheat berry salad or something like, you want to soak overnight and break down. The, oh my you goodness, know, wheat, wheat berries that, so. um, fermented in kefir. I had that once. Oh my gosh, it was so so good. good. I was just kind of yeah. So like you get that chewiness oh, and the tartness. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and some people are so afraid, or they get that like a lot of people say like I can't eat bread, but I can eat your bread. So, like, why is that, right? What's the process? Okay. So, it's, again, like, the proper preparation of food that our ancestors yeah. all intuitively, I don't know how they figured it all out, but they did. Trial and error, I guess. Either, like, someone dropped dead, they're like, oh, we can't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, redo. Um, so, then, you know, like, we do a lot of work uh, on the food outside of the body so that our body doesn't have to work so hard to digest it on the inside. Yeah. Which I love. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you Hello. have people? He said hi too. Hi. <laughs> Do you have people come? You said you had a vegan and a vegetarian come, which surprised me. And then they left eating organs, which probably doesn't surprise me as much. Do you have people come? And I do feel like, and I was this too. People are as as are more vigorously against grains than like a vegan might be against eating. <laughs> animal products so do you have people come I, who say i can't eat them or do, do they just try everything and they're open yeah that's such a good point we've had people that have given up grains and then um okay. like two years ago we had a woman um who had given them up and then she's like i'm just gonna if i'm gonna try them i'm gonna try them here so mm -hmm. she reincorporated them wow, into her time. diet so yeah and and even the um the vegan woman was so awesome because she had some health concerns and she was just on, we always have a like real, like sit down phone conversation with anybody who's attending just so we know exactly like where they're at on their health journey, what they're hoping to get out of this. And yeah. like, you know, just explain kind of what's going to happen. And, um, and she was just like, I'm just open. Like she just hit, yeah. hit a limit of just like, I'm sick oh. of being sick. Good. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just going to come with an open mind. Yeah. And that was like so beautiful because you know, we can be so rigid and so committed. And I was that person with fat. And I look back, and I'm like, Sheesh, oh, yeah, yeah, so crazy. But I just was so hooked into that narrative. Mm -hmm. And it took some undoing, you know, and yeah. to really be to be liberated. And I think that liberation is really like a good word, because you just like can let go. And it's such a cool, like, welcoming fun environment that there's no judgment it's like we meet you where you are like we're not gonna say oh if you're vegan don't come we will say like we're not gonna have a vegan option for every right. meal per se but you know if you're open then yeah you know because i don't yeah. think that's sustainable at all and we don't 
we don't teach that at the school or, you know. Well, so it doesn't fit. It, it would make it this fit with an it. enormously imbalanced yeah. meal. Yeah, it's if not you took a species appropriate. Making, then, yeah, no, it wouldn't yeah. be. So day three, you've, you basically go, you go there. You talk oh to me. Go there. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I'll, I don't even know how long we've been recording. I feel like we could talk for three hours. Oh, I can hours, tell you. So. Oh, okay. Um, 47 minutes. 47 minutes. <laughs> and eight seconds. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your protein day. Um, you've got organs so on here. You've got anchor meats. Can you tell me a little bit about oh, yeah. this? Yeah. So the anchor meats are like, um, so what we do for the school is we have our systems in place where we, um, you know, like Monday we're making our sourdough and then Tuesday's typically a um, chicken and rice. So we're roasting all of our chickens and we're pulling all the meat off the bone and putting the bones into making a bone broth and then taking the organ meats and using those into a meatloaf or, mm-hmm. you know, a bolognese sauce, oh, whatever that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, or pate. And then we also have, we're making our roast beef for the sandwich bar. We have a sandwich bar three days a week for some of the kids pack That's their awesome. lunch and go out on the land for the whole day. I know. So it's uh, a little crazy, but like, yeah, three, four, five, we'll go out on Tuesdays, six, seven, eight on Wednesdays in high school and Thursdays. Wow. So we have like 10 o'clock snack and sandwich bar for whole school snack, sandwich bar for half the kids. And then we have to Schlep it all in and then turn around an hour and make a sit down <laughs> lunch for like the rest of the school. Wow. And then we're wow. like, woo, let's do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> um, but that's where like the systems are so key to have in place because, you know, we're, we're making the roast beef and then on Wednesday we're salting our like a chuck roll or pork shoulders that we're salting and then they will salt overnight and then be decorated and put in Thursday morning for a slow roast all day. And then Friday lunch, all we have to do is shred the meat and like make the sides and and all that. So the anchor meats are really like your chicken and your roast beef and your top, or your top round and your chuck rolls and your pork shoulders. Like yeah. that's like a little yeah. overwhelming for some people, although it is the easiest five minute thing to do. It, and then time is. does all the rest, like the time yeah. and the heat does all that, the rest. I, that is so many. So, I mean, name something, sourdough, sprouting, fermenting, anything, soaking grains, cooking grains, meat, uh, all, all of these things your hands-on time is usually so minimal or your the majority yeah. of your time is just like if you're dicing something that's going into it you know yeah and it just and sucks. then making like the bone <laughs> broth is happening so Tuesday we'll pull all the bones I mean all the meat off the bones we mm. start the bone broth it goes all day Wednesday and then Thursday's a soup salad focaccia day mm-hmm. so again yeah. Wednesday we're making more focaccia dough and then the next Fine. day is so it will ferment overnight yeah. and then we have all of our beautiful bone broth to make our soups and mm. everything. So And you kind of work mm-hmm. off of that probably for the next couple of days until they check out on. Yeah. Oh Friday. yeah. And we'll yeah. put bone broth out for snack and bone broth is know. the perfect snack. It's it's always yeah. tell people bone mm-hmm. broth is the perfect protein drink if you don't know what yeah. protein drink for like sports. Or I just had some. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the kids are also outside, like no matter what the weather is. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're like chattering and they're they're like nature kids. So they're like barefoot and muddy and sure. it's raining and they're like, you know, showing up for snack and they're like, you know, purple basically. I'm like, have some bone broth. Like let me give you some like I'm like this will just good for you. calm. Yeah, but I'm like, let's just calm that nervous system and get you a little warm inside. And so, you know, and like it's really cool to have this these vocabulary words in your kind of repertoire because like these kids, like, you know, one of them the other day was like, I don't feel well. 
tummy ache and he's standing in line. I was like, let me get you some bone broth. You know, like I'm like the yeah. the little mother, you know, hen that takes mm-hmm. care of all, like, you know, now that my babies are getting old, I'm like, oh, these little kids are so cute. <laughs> so to give a child like a mug of bone broth when they don't feel well, like just that association with, oh, she went and got me something from the kitchen. She didn't like give me whatever drug to make me try yeah. and feel better. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's imagine just start if, with food. Imagine a school where when the kid isn't well, you send them to the kitchen and not the nurse. Yeah, the kitchen like, is your medicine cabinet. This is, and this is where people, people say, how can you spend so much on raw milk? How could you spend so much on bones or whatever? But once you are utilizing and recognizing your this food as your actual medicine, um, you, the price is not, you, you're not comparing mm. apples to apples anymore. You're comparing medicine mm. to apples, you know? And yeah. I mean, and I think that's where my, somebody said to me, your pain fuels your passion because we've, mm. we've had like a healing journey with, you, you know, a child with eczema. I had infertility. We have a child with epilepsy. My ex-husband had throat cancer. My dad right. had Alzheimer's. It's just like, yeah. It's no fun no. and it's no way to live. And then you spend all your time and all your money chasing after health. And then it's so confusing and you don't know where to start and you're overwhelmed and you're facing life and death. And you're, oh. it's just like, it's this not what you signed up for, you know? So yeah. if it's just like, I can't emphasize enough to just like, wherever you are, just decide to start because your body is so miraculous that, you know, yeah. with my son with the eczema, he turned around in like two months or less. It was just like, whoop, it was like gone. And every doctor was like, steroid cream and Zyrtec twice a day. And this is probably what he'll just have. Okay, why don't you go, you can snuggle up on the couch or you can go play outside while you wait for me. I want to be right here with you. Okay, you can be right here. (laughs) I'm cool with that. (laughs) Give her a headset. (laughs) Yeah, she'll she'll listen in. She's sat through some of my entire podcast without listening. Well, I love that about you guys because it's yeah. like it's just real, you know. It it's like uh, all of us moms can relate. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real life. You yeah. have um, uh, another. Here, how about I give you your very own paper, and what if you go draw on the couch, and then come and show me what you draw? Okay, you, you can, can tell her I want to see what she draws. Oh, Miss Hillary yeah. wants to see what you draw too. Tell her what, tell her to draw me. Maybe she can draw a picture of your cow. Can you draw the cow, Elsie? Oh. Okay. You know what? Animals are so much like that too with the food where, um, like we talked about with the Redmond salt, if you give the animals the food, they'll, they'll go for what they need and they'll heal themselves. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think we've actually, they're all four of her legs. Very good. <laughs> There could be things, of course, that we'll run into, but everything are. You're going to have to be quiet if you're going to sit down here, but yes, it could be your tail. Um, we've healed a lot of things with our animals just by giving them food. And, and what's funny is it's food off our own table, you know, feeding animal kefir yeah. or feeding um, bone broth and things like that to our animals. And my dogs love yeah, kefir and bone broth. Oh yeah. my gosh, they... Yeah. So you have a lot of people coming in and talking. It looks like it's towards the end. I see Aaron on the schedule here mm-hmm. and Hilda. listeners of the podcast know Aaron and Hilda. Listeners also know her. Um, Chuck is here, I see. Yeah. And then Mark, like you said. And yeah, that looks really Man, awesome. So what, what do they, yeah, what do they yeah. come in and um, talk about? You've talk got about. class one, okay. two, three, four. 
So Hilda's talking, Hilda Labrada-Gore from the Wise Traditions mm-hmm. podcast, she um, comes in and does a slideshow and talks about all of the traditional cultures from around the world oh, and places cool. she's visited and the ancestral wisdom and how diet plays such a huge role. And it has, okay. um, you know, for millennia that this is the really, these are the traditional principles that have kept humans thriving for, you know, for as long as we've been around. So we've just veered off. Um, so we just got to get back on track. And Hilda is just like so inspirational and so, um, fun and she walks her walk you know so it's like just really great to hear her speak and be around her and she's there for the whole week which is oh like that's cool so awesome yeah, she yeah just has boundless energy if anybody yeah. follows her online they know that and she's yeah. always down to try it. whatever totally crazy, jumping whatever crazy thing exactly whatever. <laughs> so um so yeah, okay, and last then... year actually we had Bob Sulier last year from Breathe Your Power, and he did a oh, lot of breath nice. work with people. So and then we we um, talked about cold therapy. We had a cold plunge, but it wasn't super super cold. But um, but just that like um, like kind of being mindful of your nervous system, especially if you're a chef in a kitchen, it can be really intense, and a lot of quick decisions have to be made, and there can be a lot of egos and. Not necessarily. That's what mm-hmm. we actually at our kitchen were like. Check your ego at the door. Mission is the boss. Like it's all about feeding yeah. the kids. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, it can be stressful because there's like time constraints and stuff. So, understanding that you have this powerful tool um, in just your breath alone is yeah. so awesome. So hopefully he'll come back. Um, and then Aaron obviously would be talking about. He's been. Um, he ended up last time we spoke. Mm-hmm. I was moving to Texas, and Aaron and I were going to do this program together. And then it ended up just like it was too hard for all for Chuck and me and Aaron to all go to Texas. So mm-hmm. we stayed here to stay with Manzanita School. And yeah. Aaron started this program, beautiful program in Texas. Yeah. And now he's almost completed his first year. He's basically like single handedly fed like eighty to one hundred people. I think about 80 people oh every my day goodness. and just like, and he didn't He's even amazing. have an oven or a stovetop for like no. the first five months. Yeah. He was like all on a griddle, <laughs> like outside. What? I was just like, you, you are my guy. hero. I yeah, just he's don't amazing. even. <laughs> so, and he's just like such an awesome human. And um, his attitude is so great. Oh my and gosh. And he's just so such a phenomenal chef. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. has culinary training and he has worked yeah. in restaurants and he's worked at a school in Italy as well as now um, and uh, in uh, Texas. And then he started his own. Um, he is about to launch a course too to like help people with the fund- fundamentals of cooking and cooks with his son, Rafa, who's um, yeah. five or six. And so he's just like, he's a great teacher. Um, and then Chuck will be talking about local food systems and he's, mm. he's sort of like Chuck was, um, he's my business partner in school of lunch and he, he had gone vegan. Um, I don't know how many years ago I didn't know him when, but he got really sick and he From decided, yeah, oh, really sick. Yeah. Like someone said to him, um, that they thought they asked him if he had cancer. Like he <gasps> looked really sick, like he's skinny to begin with, but like to like malnourished. Just, yeah, super malnourished. And so he decided he was going to dive into the local meat system and really understand where his meats come from. Okay. Um, so that was sort of now he's like a meat distributor and sources all the meats and stuff for the school and, um, wow. and you know, a eating tons of organ meats and all this. He's yeah. a meat distributor. That's quite yeah, a turnaround. Yeah, I know, out. right? So it's like that aha, like, okay. Um, so he will talk about the importance of um, sourcing. I don't know how my computer doesn't die. I just noticed it's... 
It Hold wasn't on. blinking at you, the desperate well, red line. No, but it's been red since we started, so hopefully it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he uh, he sources all the food now. Like, I used to go to the farmer's markets, like, you know, every week. And I still go to some, but he's, you know, going to four or five, sometimes six farmer's markets a week. And, yeah. um, and now we have some people that shop for us as well. But really understanding your local food system and, and how okay. to support the local farmers because that's, uh, so, so important. And he also mm-hmm. talks about, we did a um, citizen science project, uh, I don't know, four years ago, where we put blood glucose monitors on, um, where oh, yeah. as chef, chefs, we wore them, and we had parents wear them, and kids wear them, and teachers wear them, you talked about just that. as an education piece, and it's so powerful. So we had, actually, the first year, we had the Dexcom rep come and talk about, um, you know, the importance of maintaining a, you know, kind of a stable blood glucose level. And so he talks about, you know, how we feed the kids to kind of maintain that um, long, sustained energy. Um, so it gets into that a little bit. And, um, and then who else? Nan. Oh, Mark McAfee talks all about the raw dairy. And then Nan Kohler talks all about the... Um, yeah. And then hopefully yeah. this next training academy will have you there. Ah, that would be and awesome. I love can to talk about what you do. And yeah. Um, yeah. that'd be so amazing. So, absolutely. So yeah, we try and bring in partners like, you know, maybe Redmond will come one year, Redmond Real oh, Salt. And, that would be really you know, cool. we just really try and collaborate with those that, you know, we think are doing things right. And we have, you know, um, we have so many great partnerships that we're able to really set people up to with like the chefs that leave and are headed into schools or bakeries or anybody who's really wants to be connected. Like, we'll connect them directly to Pure Indian Foods Ghee or Redmond Real Salt, and then they can, you know, purchase on their own for their schools. And um, so half the battle is, oh, did she finish her drawing? She said I drew just the face. (laughs) Oh, I want to see. Half the battle is, you know, people get overwhelmed with sourcing and how you're going to find these, you know, and is everything too expensive, whatnot. But, you know, all these People, farmers and food purveyors that understand the importance of children's health and health in general are always looking to work with, you know, like-minded people. And they're always figuring out ways that we can all support one another. And um, so that, I feel like, is just one of the best parts is just being connected to, you know, wonderful people doing great things. And yeah. And one connection leads to another. I think that's, yeah, we have this idea of, Oh, I want to swipe right and find somebody, right? Like I want the connection to be so commercialized and built for me and, you know, whatever. But I think that it would be, um, it would be a loss for us to underestimate the power of that yeah, that is Elsie. I see her utter <laughs> of that natural, organic. It is the other part of her tail, the end where it's black, the switch. Um, that natural connection, you know, you met somebody and then they said, well, what I get, I get this from over here. And then you go to that farmer and that, that farmer is yeah. like, you know what, Hillary, you would love this guy over there, what he's doing. You should go talk to him. And yeah, that's actually how I met Chuck. Nice. At the farmer's market. Yeah, the woman was like, oh, you should talk to Hillary. She makes her own bread. And all of a sudden, we're like, you know, now we're like dating and living together and business partners. Well, and I'm like, delighted. who knew? You know, <laughs> well, over the course of Taking many, those, many years. Uh, but know yeah, your farmer so, a little bit, a little bit. 
a little bit far. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you never know the connections that you'll make and people, um, you know, are always happy to share. And that's where I feel like it's really the, they're good humans, you know, mm-hmm. people who are not out for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're all about sharing knowledge Absolutely. and, you know, Absolutely. you want people like you guys that are sharing recipes and yeah. giving just sharing. Cause it's like, it all comes back to you tenfold, you know? And 100%. that's one of the things yeah. I want to make sure that people know too, is that we go down to the Santa Monica farmer's market, mm-hmm. um, which is like maybe one of the best farmer's markets in the country. Wow. And so we teach people, we, well, first of all, people get to interact with the farmers, but we, you know, talk about the questions to ask and the, you know, what to look for. Cause I think a lot of people don't know how to navigate the farmer's market. So, um, that's a really special day on yeah, Wednesday great, and then we go back great. and we take all of the beautiful food that we bought and we go to this, um, wonderful, beautiful house in, uh, the Palisades, which is overlooking the ocean and has an amazing mm-hmm. kitchen. And we all cook up our bounty from the farmer's mm-hmm. market. And then, um, my friend Monica f- from Real Food Devotee, she comes, she's another expert that comes in and we spend, um, a couple hours talking about fermentation, Q&A, like deep conversations about fermentation, because that's one that I really want people to understand. And she's such an expert on it and makes the most amazing food. Um, So she is there on Wednesday. And then also another thing that we do on Thursday is that we have a closing party and everybody helps you know, all the foods that we've made throughout the week, everything is all towards that culmination of a big party where we invite guests from our community. So it's not just the guests that come for the training academy. We invite about 50 people to come to our retreat. So, you know, we've had Molly and John Chester from Apricot Lane Mm -hmm. Farm. We have um, lots of cool people in the food, uh, you know, network in in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. who come and just different chefs and amazing people. It's the who's who. Yeah, it's just really fun, and it's just a beautiful celebration, and we have a graduation ceremony, so everyone gets to witness that, and um, yeah. Would you say, um, sorry, what were you saying? (laughs) I was just going to say, it kind of like morphs, you know, every year is a little bit different, and you know, this year we're doing two, so, um, and not everybody's always available, every um, expert is not always available, so we just like, you know, we just go with it and get people as much amazing information as we can. That's one of the valuable parts of this information is there's no specifically right or wrong things to teach. You could pull in somebody from any farm and, yeah. and the, the guests that come to this training will be spending the rest of their life learning about this. Oh, you know, yeah. this is just yeah. opening doorways to them. So they know they feel comfortable with starting. Would yeah. you say that the majority of your trainees are going back to cook professionally, like in a school or no? Um, no, I'd say it's about 50-50. Okay. So, yeah, we get about half school chefs. And, you know, what we're what we're starting to do, too, or, like, plan is a two-day workshop where we can oh, have the okay. school chefs, so with me and Aaron and maybe a couple chefs from um, Manzanita, where we can really dive deep into just the school lunches because it is different when you have someone who's looking to cook for 300 kids versus a grandmother who's looking to, you know, just be well and cook for her grandkids. So they're all going to learn the the principles and the values, but we want to even be able to go deeper with, um, you know, right. more extended yeah. education. And we can do some of that stuff online as well and build like the community. Oh, cool. So as soon as we can, 
find the time to get the videos going. <laughs> what would you say Probably somebody who's considering going to your training? What would you tell them? Somebody oh, who's gosh. I would say we will welcome them with open arms no matter where they are in their journey and um, and that they should just get excited to be um, to have a whole new network and family basically of, wow. of great people and um, and to be you know they're gonna they're gonna learn so much they'll just be so on fire when they leave and really forever changed and so we will we will hold hands and we will um, laugh we've had tears it is just mm. like everything flows and it just is it's a beautiful human experience and so I feel like it's getting people back to that um really what I think we all crave so deeply right and that's so intuitive in us is that that way to live in that joyful space so we all have work to do right you don't go home and it's just like oh everything's like you know switched around and my kitchen's all you know got the best food you have to you know do the Mm -hmm. work but it's fun and then they they can always reach out to any one of us and like I said like we have two um, two 22-year-olds that are coming back this year wow. as ambassadors um, because they just want to be a part of it. They want to be, you know, continue their learning. And actually both of them as well just came and spent a week at the Manzanita Kitchen. So that's wow. so exciting for me because that's just like they have a huge opportunity to, you know, they're going to be on the right path from a young age. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I knew. I wish yeah. somebody had taken me under their wing and said like you know this is this is a good way over here you know mm-hmm. and um but oftentimes we have to have that kind of frying pan wake up call yeah, uh, yeah. A frying pan <laughs> to the head I always say that's my million dollar question you know what how can we wake people up before the wake up call but or I think it's human call. nature to yeah. wait for the wake up call so but you don't have to we can switch that to. right now you can just yeah. decide to you know, when you know better, you do better. Much way to do it by choice. Yeah, and it's course. just a fun, <laughs> if you just want to just have a fun getaway, too. I mean, we go to the beach. This year, we're going to go to the beach. Last year, we all jumped into the ocean. Aaron had never been in the Pacific Ocean, so that was super cool. Wow. Um, and wow. so, yeah, there's it's lots of fun little, little things <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's just a, it's a fun getaway for people who are just looking like it's a food camp basically like uh well wisdom. could you describe Foodie. anything better than- <laughs> <laughs> like all of your um desires will be you know utterly fulfilled and it's a beautiful retreat center too so and topanga is super cool so it's of course, of course it's it fun is. yeah yeah it's so different for so many people i mean for me coming from new hampshire growing up in new england and then topanga is just like you know the different world. different country like altogether yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. so but yeah if people have questions you know they can reach out to us at um schooloflunch.com has or training academy at school of lunch training academy what's like, the, why am I, we'll put it in the show notes we'll put too, it in the show but what is it and then where <laughs> do you want <laughs> i actually have one more question i want to ask you but i'm gonna if you if your computer doesn't die and if you have time but i'll yeah, ask okay. it in the it a little i'll save it for the after show so before we mm-hmm. end the main feed here, um, and then we'll just record a few minutes to put up on the Patreon private feed where I can ask you, what do you say to those at home that are trying to do it all? Um, before oh, I ask yeah. you that, um, where should people find you? Where do we follow you, Hillary? Okay. Well, the best place is on Instagram okay. at School of Lunch. School okay. of Lunch. Um, that's where I am mostly 
present. And usually if I'm at the Manzanita school, I'm goofing around in the kitchen and taking videos and we're all just having a grand old time and showing kids plates and kids feet and feet, not feet, um, feet and <laughs> dancing around. And, you know, what I can show, I try and show. I'm just like, the head of school just kind of discovered us. He's like, wow, you guys really have a good time in the kitchen. He's like, this is funny. I'm like, I know, I got to show the world. Like, it's fun to feed kids. It and is gotta, really fun you watching. Gotta, just like, I think it's, it keeps me sane to just like laugh along yeah. the way. Um, and yeah, so, and then I think that just goes straight to, to Facebook, which is mm-hmm. Hillary Boynton on Facebook. So people are on Facebook, Hillary Horner Boynton. And then um, school of, schoolofluncheon.com is where Beautiful. there's a, actually a 12-minute video under at schoolofluncheon.com under school that shows, like, the genesis kind of of the lunch lady and the story oh, of awesome. how um, we do things at the school. And then there's a six-minute video on my Instagram. I pinned it. Um, so it's the first post. And then also on um, schoolflinch.com under training, you can watch a six-minute video about the training academy, which is really beautiful. So that'll give you a little glimpse into what what you'll be getting. Well, thank so, you, Hillary. We'll jump over to the private feed now. But thank you to everyone who is listening. And thank you to the patrons who are supporting the podcast. And yeah. I will talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everybody. Hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation. Come find us on Instagram, Andrea's at Farm and Hearth and Allison's at Ancestral underscore Kitchen. Until next time, we both wish you much fun exploration and satisfaction in and out of the kitchen.